But uh, good to see everybody. Everybody doing well today? Dude, awesome. Hey, we've got a treat. My, uh, my, my very good friend, Cody Ketchner, is giving the message today. Uh, not only is that, if you were, man, bro, killer. I, can't, I cannot wait for you to hear it. I heard, heard it the first, uh, first service. Fantastic. Um, and it comes out of a place, really, of, uh, of a lot of pain, too. Like, it's just, just some really cool stuff that God has done um, through you and with you. People need to hear this today. Um, and I'm excited for you to hear it, uh, but I'm also excited for you because you don't have to hear me preach this week. And everybody said hallelujah, right? So whatever. No, no, I'm not prepared. I uh, come up with a yes flute. Um, but uh, but I do, uh, like I said, wanted to uh, just prepare us, man, for this for this message. It is amazing what God has done, even in the midst of all the, the turmoil and trials and things like that, literal and figurative, uh, that, uh, that have been going on with, uh, with Cody this week. And um, without anything further, man, give it up for my bud, my homie, Cody Kessner. You guys hear me? Hear me? You good? You good? Well, <clears throat> mistake number one is hyping me up that much. I uh, don't expect too much today, guys. It's, uh, I'm sitting down, for one. I'm tired. <laughs> it's been a fun, uh, fun week. Um, but yeah, like you said, my name is Cody uh, Kessner. I've been with New City since uh, we started, Shawnee, years ago, six, seven, eight years ago. I lose track. Um, uh, it's funny, man. I knew this day would come. I'd be on this stage, but things never happen like the way you think it's going to go, like ever. And, uh, you know, like, uh, I always joke around with Matt, like I consider myself the farm system of New City, like I've been a, a, a part of it, yeah, and uh, it's a baseball term for like minor league stuff, and so, uh, like I said, I knew this day would come, uh, it's just funny how God works, and uh, it's just never how, um, never how you think, um, like, I'll start off like I'm an early bird, like I'm up super early, like I love waking up like 4, 4.30 in the morning for the most part, and I try and work out early and go on a walk early and different things like that, and so, dude, like, I have had so many sermons, like, prepared on these walks, I'll be, like, saying them, I'm like, man, this would be so good one day to give and, and tell people, and, like, people will be passing me, like, what is this Mr. Clean doing in the park preaching, and it's like, what, what is going on, it's like, so, yeah, man, so, it's just funny, because um, this year has been the hardest year of my life, uh, 14 months, and this last week was the most disappointing week of my life to top off the hardest year of my life. A lot of people that are part of this church kind of know I've um, been going through a custody battle amongst other things. And, um, and so when Casey texted me back in April, um, so just so you guys know, Casey didn't just come up here and wing it. Like I got a text two and a half months ago about this. So this guy plans his stuff, man. So just, yeah, have faith in your pastors as far as that goes. But I got a text from him. He goes, hey, you want to speak about hope? Uh, July 7th. I'm like, nah, no, not really. <laughs> not right now. I, because I say that because the week before in my journal, like my, my entry, I, I write thoughts and prayers and different things in there. And not, not even a week before my journal ended with, I have no hope and feel no peace and get no rest. Like I was going through hell. And, and to, to have him text me that, it was a real testament to, 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 you know, like my willingness to want to do what God wants. And I called Pete. I go, dude, like, th this is what's up. And uh, he goes, I think you should do it. I was like, I think you're right. And so I texted Casey. I'm like, all right, let's do it. 
and uh, so here we are, you know, like, and I think that that is uh, uh, very important that you know, because I used to grow up, and I always looked at the pastor or person on stage, and I was like, man, like, he's got it together, like, he's kind of Pope-like, <laughs> and the fact that, you know, his life's together, he's obedient, and probably everything's going well, he's got the beautiful wife and kids and all these things, and I'm just here today to let you guys know that, like, that is not the case, and I learned this yesterday when I was preparing this message, because I'm coming from a place of honesty when I tell you I'm just like everyone else here, a broken individual, especially this year, and so for God to want to use uh, me today after the most broken and trying and just horrible week of my life, um, I feel like he wanted me to tell you that it's not about me at all. It's not about the pastor. It's not about, you know, his swag and how much he brings to the table and that you leave here motivated. And I feel like a lot of these big churches miss the point. Like, like you're learning a message from a broken person because it's God, that's what God wants. God used broken people from the Bible to teach and, and to do his will. And, uh, you know, he took Moses, who didn't have, he, he wasn't a great speaker at all. And he made one of the greatest miracles happen through Moses, just from him being obedient. Moses didn't, I mean... <laughs> It wasn't clean, like he, he, didn't, he didn't want to do it, <laughs> a lot like me, but uh, yeah, so anyways, so like I said, the last 14 months have been, have been trying, and so uh, uh, of anything that like I'm supposed to speak about today, get my name off the screen, you don't need that, <laughs> when did you add that slide, there you go, <laughs> believe, so we're on week 25 of the Believe series, and, um, and it's about hope, and so it's just... Uh, We'll call it ironic, but I'll just also say it's God, and uh, that I'm the one up here telling you about this, because most of this last 14 months, I've not felt it, and uh, part of the reason is because of where I've been putting my hope and what it means, and so anyways, I wanted to start off, I did a quick um, Google search, I Googled it, how much, or what uh, hope, the definition means, and uh, the definition of hope, a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen, or a feeling of trust. So when my journey started, I call it a journey, it's more like a train wreck, but <laughs> come on, it's comic relief. So, <laughs> so when my train wreck started last May, um, I was hit with a verse from God, and it was Jeremiah 29, 11. it's a pretty well-known verse, um, but it's, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future, and I left this out of the first service, but I'm going to say it in this service. Because God hit me with this verse, and the reason I know that it was God hitting me with this verse and not just another, like, motivational verse is because not two days later, my girlfriend at the time, she brought me this keychain with this exact verse on it, and I was like, that's crazy, dude. Like, that's, that's, yeah, and so, like, so I still have it. It's on my keys, wherever they are, if my car's still here. Um, <laughs> and uh, so anyways, so, like, that started my journey, and I've kind of forgot about that verse, and because when you're going through pain and suffering and just trials, um, it's easy to forget about for the plans that God has for you to prosper you, because all you feel is the harm, and, like, I come from a place of feeling nothing but harm and question so many times, God, do you even love me, you know? Like, God, are you even there? <laughs> and so, um, the need for hope is our first point, um, because it is a, it is a, is it a need? It's a need. I think of the one place that there is no hope, and that's hell. That's one thing they don't have in hell. And so we're so blessed right now as people to be able to have hope and to be able to give hope to the world. And so uh, I wanted to start off by reading a book or a passage from the book of Job. If you've read it, 
horrible book. Poor guy. <laughs> feel so bad for him. Dude, I can't even read what his friends say. I have to skip past it. They're such, they're idiots. So, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> seriously. So, this is Job 6, 1 through 13. If only my anguish could be weighed and all my misery be placed on the scales, it would surely outweigh the sand of the seas. No wonder my words have been impetus. Kyle, I don't know if I'm right or wrong on that, but the arrows of the Almighty are in me. My spirit drinks in their poison. God's terrors are marshaled against me. Does a wild donkey bray when it has grass or an ox bellow when it has fodder? Is it tasteless food eaten without salt or is there flavor in the sap of the mallow? I refuse to touch it. Such food makes me ill. Oh, that I might have my request that God would grant what I hope for, that God would be willing to crush me, to let loose his hand and cut off my life. Then I would still have this consolation, my joy and unrelenting pain, that I had not denied the words of the Holy One. What strengths do I have that I should still hope? What prospects that I should be patient? Do I have the strength of stone? Is my flesh bronze? Do I have any power to help myself now that success has been driven from me? I mean, it doesn't get much darker than that. Um, it, was a, it was a tough run for Job. And I say that, um, leading into my next point, um, we have hope, but it, it's a matter of where we put it that matters. And so there are sources of false hope that we, as people, place our hope. And the first one I want to lead with, and, I, and when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with this message, um, it took me a long time. <laughs> A long time, and by the way, I was in the park, like, don't ever get your message ready in a park. I was, like, walking through, and bugs kept flying at me and touching me. I hate bugs. Like, I was scared to, like, see me running, and it was bad. So I, I would recommend a library somewhere else, so. Um, but anyways, so what I wanted to do was take my last year and take each of the, where I put my hope, so you guys could hopefully learn from, from my experience, because if my hope would have been in the right place, I'm not saying anything would be different, but my outlook would be different. And, uh, and the pain would have been a lot less because I wouldn't have had hope for things that I shouldn't have been hoping for. So let's start on the first point. So the first point is, or I'm sorry, the first false hope is false hope in riches, um, which is so fitting for America, baby. Like, this is the land of the free. Like, go out and get yours, work hard, Dude, you, you know, you invest, you do the right things, and man, like, life is yours. Like, how, Instagram, like, have you been on Instagram? I'm sick of being on Instagram. It's everybody's, like, best things that they are. It's like, look, we just got a new boat. It's like, that's cool. You know, like, I, I hate it. And so, <laughs> I hate it. It's fake. It's fake. I'm going, I, I was staying focused on the first sermon. I'm kind of getting off track here, so I'm going to stay on, stay on track. So, I have a, I have a, a message from this, First Timothy 6.17. It's command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. And so what I wanted to speak about is how I was putting my hope in riches. Um, so I'm naturally ambitious. I've, been, I've had my own business since I was 20, 19, I don't know. I had hair when I started it, so it's been a long time. And... Uh, um, and so, like, this has been one thing that's big for me because it's about, you know, how, bi how big is your bank account? You know, like, what kind of suits am I wearing? Things like that. And um, 
so I've, I've always had this desire. And so this last year, I've been saving up for the house I've, like I wanted. And, um, and I had the down payment ready to go. And a week before closing, like it just fell through. Like I can't even explain it. Um, it just fell through. Um, I l- got let go from the sales job that I was at. And so therefore, it messed up as far as like the income and qualifying. And so like I was just out of getting a home at any time. And so, like, that was defeating. Like, at the time, it was a bummer, but it wasn't, like, super defeating. But, um, you know, being, which takes me to today, it's like being in a custody battle. You know, I'm not going to say, who's been through a custody battle? But it's like, everybody knows somebody, and it's never like, oh, I came out with much more money than I had before. Like, <laughs> it's funny. These lawyers, it's like, you think you're done paying them, and they're like, oh, well, there's this 10 hours that we've worked with, and so, yeah, here's another $3,000 bill, and so it's like, okay, and so, like, this, this year has been humbling for me because my hope was in my finances, and my hope was in my hard work, and how I could put these things together and, and do this to get this, and that's not the case with God, and God will humble you in any way he can to make you realize that that is not good, and um, so that leads me to my second point, uh, my second false hope, rather that you can put your hope in is people. Um, and this one was probably the biggest one for me because I had a, <laughs> I had a, let me start with the, the, the passage and then we'll, we'll get to talking. But I have a psalm for it, Psalm 118.8. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. Dude, like I wish I would have read this and took this to heart a long time ago. I had, uh, <laughs> I can't remember which movie it was. Uh, it was either Meet the Parents or the other one where they had this circle. Have you guys seen that? They had the circle of trust. Well, I had, <laughs> well, I had the circle of trust. I, I've always had this, where I would, I'd make this circle, I'm in the middle, and then I have everyone in my family and my friends and in my life that's super close to me. And I always had that, just because I, I do it to make sure that I'm spending time and, and putting effort into those relationships, and those are the ones that matter. And uh, from that circle this last year, um, from May 3rd, 2018 to today, um, 82% of those people are gone in my close, close circle. And it, some, some people turned their backs on me and stabbed me in the back. Some just left me. Some just, just went away. Whatever the circumstance is, like I had my trust in people and not in God, and I trusted in, in them. And, and people will let you down, like, all the time. Like, ha- have you ever dated somebody? It's like, why aren't you doing this? You know, like they let you down constantly. Parents will let you down. Kids let you down. Friends let you down. It's dumb. It's dumb when you sit there and think about it, man. And uh, yeah, so that's definitely a false hope. Um, the third false hope um, is false hope in idols. And I didn't get a scripture for this, um, but an idol, just plainly put, is anything that is above God in your life. And we all have them. And that can be cars, that can be houses, status, can be your clothes, friendships, money, it can be all those things. And, um, and I, had my, I had my idols in, in a lot of different places, fitness, like so many different things. And uh, that's, that's one of the other false hopes that, uh, that you can put in. Um, the last of the four false hopes that you can put your hope in, sorry guys, is, uh, is the government. <coughs> what a dumb thing to put your hope in, right? <laughs> freaking the government. Like, I read that, and I was like, is this serious? Have they seen America? And, um, and but then it hit me after I read this, this Bible verse. It's, so it, the verse I wanted to tie with this was Isaiah 31.1. 1. 
He says, woe to those who go down to Egypt for help, who rely on horses, who trust in the multitude of their chariots, and in the great strength of their horsemen, but do not look to the Holy One of Israel or seek help from the Lord. And I didn't, when I was putting this together, like, I, it didn't hit me until actually this morning, but, like, what a powerful thing that is. Like, if you go back to ancient Egypt when they were, they had the Israelites enslaved, like, what a crazy thing to see your, the people that you had put your hope in being killed by the water and the Israelites are getting away. Like, these people that have been, had no power, like, all this time have, have prayed out to God and then everything that your hope was in, like, they're gone. The chariots are washed up, man. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's not powerful to you. It's super powerful to me. So, maybe we should try it with our government. I don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. If this is televised, this is not a plot to do that. <laughs> I don't want to throw any other churches under the bus, but I was going to say, this is a different church. Um, um, <laughs> this is the Methodist church down the street. No. <laughs> Sorry, guys. So, um, anyways, again focus. The only true source of hope, though, and you guys know the answer, is in God. And, uh, and um, so I've said all that. I want to lead with this, this scripture, um, Isaiah 40, 31. It says, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, and they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. When you're going through trials, man, like, like that means nothing to you. It doesn't. I mean, I am the first person that will tell you that when I tell you how hopeless I felt. And here I am in front of the church talking about hope. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. So I say all that to say that even though my hope wasn't in the right place, God was there. And, and it's funny how it works because you look, you go through things and you don't see things. And then you look back and you're like, wow, like it was there. It was right there. And so even though I missed out on the home that I was planning on for my down payment with, for those of you who don't know, I'm in real estate. I ended up, we ended up turning one of my flips, the flips that we were working on, into my place, into my house. And God created an opportunity for me to live there, and I've been living there. And, I'm, and I own it. Like, I'm not renting it. Like, I own it. And... and like, that, that doesn't sound like much, and it's not, but, I mean, it is. <laughs> because God turned, like, what my heart was set on and said, I'm going to give it to you, but not the way you want it. Yeah, man. And um, I have to laugh at this next part, man. Like, just this last week, like, I, I was talking to Casey right before trial. Like, he, he called me on a day I needed somebody to call, and uh, he goes, hey, hey, I feel like I was supposed to call you. I was like, you're dang right you were supposed to call me, dude. It took you long enough. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, man, and um, I was so down, like, I went over to his house, we were just talking through things, he's like, what's the worst case scenario? So I lay out the worst case scenario. It's not ideal. And then we started talking about all these lawyer fees that are racking up, he goes, well, do you have the money? I was like, yeah. He goes, well, all right. I was like, okay. <laughs> he's like, that's what it's for, you idiot. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. And um, yeah, man, so like God has provided ways throughout all of it, you know, and yeah, man, I had breakfast this morning. Like, what a blessing, you know, you take that stuff for granted, but I have food. I don't know. Um, 
like I mentioned, how 80% of the people in my life are gone um, and no longer a part. But I look back and like what a blessing that was because God was taking my life and clearing out the weeds and the branches that weren't supposed to be there in my life that would hold me back from things that I was supposed to do. Suck your time and, and, and things that you could be doing to help other people. And not only that, he allowed the people that were supposed to be in my life to step up. And uh, they did. And I'm so grateful, man. And I'm so undeserving of it. And, uh, man, it makes me cry. I can't even point out. I can't say names because I will start crying. And, and men don't cry. So, <laughs> especially me. No. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, when I look up idols, like, or look at the idols thing, like, man, God turned turn my idols into things that would be opportunities for other people. He turned my my idol of becoming successful in business and entrepreneurship and turn an idea that I've had into something that will now help so many people. We, you know, you take it in industry. So I'm a real, like I said, I'm a real estate agent. So he's taken an industry where it's all about how much money you can make, how many houses you can sell, and just how much volume you can do. And he's turning it into something to where we're going to be giving back a large portion of each of the sales that we do to help feed and clothe our communities. And we have our first closing Tuesday. I wasn't even like, but I'm so excited to be able to write that first check. We're going to do it to the, to the uh, food pantry here in Edgerton. And um, yeah, it's not me. It's not me, though. Like, that's what's amazing, man. Like, it's God. It's God. It's God. I'm just the, you know, bald guy up here telling it to you, you know. And I'm so grateful to have the opportunity, man. So, um, and as far as the government goes, like, that was Wednesday. I don't know what's going to come of it. Like, I don't. I don't know what I'm going to look back on in two years and be able to say, like, all right, well, this is why this, this, and this happened. I'm in pain. I'm in pain. Yeah. I want you to know that, that even the people up here are in pain. Like, we're all people. Yeah. But God's good. <laughs> God's good. Yeah. Yeah. As Ed would say, I'm Ed and I'm a child of God. Yeah, man. And uh, so I don't know. But it leads me to my last point is the main reason for hope is that it activates faith. And it's so cool because I was reading through this believe, gr this believe, this chapter in Believe, and I just kept thinking to myself, I go, man, just hope and faith is high hand in hand. And so when, when it said this, I go, all right, I'm on the same page as the author. I'm not completely dumb. And uh, <laughs> so anyway, so I, I want to end with this. It's funny how this verse works. This was a, um, my... Um, one of the main scriptures that uh, popped out to me when I was going through discipleship uh, before I was released, it was James 1. I'm just going to do a quick portion of it, though. James 1, 2 through 4. It's on the screen. Good job. Uh, Consider it a sheer gift when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. Guys, when I had trial this last week, we had opportunities to settle before trial, and it wasn't terms that I wanted. Um, but I just felt called like I was supposed to go, and I didn't want to. Trust me, I did not want to write a check. Like, <laughs> it was painful. And, uh, you all right, buddy? Yeah. Um, but I just felt like I was supposed to. And, uh, like, I don't know why I feel the need to say this point, but I, di I do. Like, we had, we had trial uh, Wednesday. 
and like my ex-wife, like it's just there's no one I despised more that day. Like I kept looking at her and just thinking, just not good thoughts. And um, there was just so much relief after trial, even though things didn't go the way I wanted to go. And sure enough, like get out of trial Wednesday, Thursday is my holiday with my daughter, and Fourth uh, of July, and I'm celebrating Fourth of July with my ex-wife and her family and my daughter. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. Um, I'm not, yeah, I, uh, I just know my hope is in God and not my circumstances anymore. So um, I want to end with this. Um, it's just something cool I thought about the importance of faith, and then I'll let these uh, stud and studesses, I'll let them, I'll let them uh, sing us out, but... Um, By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. And by faith, he was commended as righteous. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life, though he didn't experience death. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. That must have looked so dumb. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. By faith, Sarah, who was way past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful and and he who had made the promise. By faith, Abraham, when when God tested him, went to offer his most special possession, his son, on the altar. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they knew he was no ordinary child. By faith, Moses refused to be known as the son of the Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. By faith, he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt not fearing the king's anger, and by faith, he kept the Passover in the application of blood, so that the destroyers, the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch any firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And this list, guys, could go on and on and on. But I had to stop there, because I'm, my, my mouth is dry. And... Uh, <laughs> And, um, and uh, it would go on all day. And so I, I end with this, guys. It's, it's my prayer that we would have hope in God and in our community. And I, I didn't say this in the first service, but I wish I would have. Hope to us is hope different than hope to other people. Hope to us is in God. But hope to other people might just be someone coming in and a hug. A hope to them might just be saying, hey, how you doing? How you doing, Mitch? It's great to meet you great to meet you Casey thank you so much like like that's our, that's my hope so that God can use us in our faith to touch this city and, and man why well, stop there the world <laughs> so guys I love you it's been so much fun being up here thank you so much for having me yes yeah.